the Internet's most listened-to talk radio network, VoiceAmerica.com, with Joyce Bender and Disability Matters. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome to the show. Here I am again as we keep fighting the fight for equality and freedom and quality of life for people with disabilities. And wow, our guest today, let me tell you what, we have a very powerful, esteemed, wonderful guest Highly thought of throughout the world. It's an honor to have her. And I would have to say that she embodies fighting for all of those things I just talked about. So for all of us throughout the world, what an honor it is to have the Executive Director of the World Institute on Disability and to me, a civil rights champion for all of us, Kathy Martinez. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's an honor and a privilege for me to be asked to... to, uh speak to your listeners. Well, it's an honor for us to have you. And, Kathy, many of us with disabilities, of course, I'm a person with epilepsy and a hearing loss, but for many people with disabilities throughout the world, many people know about you. Many people think so highly of you. But, you know, not everyone chooses the path you've chosen. What is it in the United States today? We have 54 million Americans with disabilities just here in the United States alone. And not everyone chooses to become this great civil rights leader you have. And just for our listeners um, and people who want to become advocates and leaders, and, and just people, I've received many emails because people think so highly of you. Uh, my first question is, what made you decide to become a disability leader and advocate? Well, um, that's a very <laughs> that's a tough question for me to answer, but I'll do my best. Um, I grew up uh, in a poor family, uh, a Latino and Native American family, and I saw how hard my parents had to work, um, not only to raise, to, to you know, to, to feed us, but to to gain respect for who they were um, as minority people. Um, at that time, they were in California, minority you know, folks of uh, people of color, and I saw that. And I always felt very bad for them. Um, and I began to be interested in... Now, excuse me, did they have disabilities? No, okay. they do not. Um, so I they be- were just oppressed, disadvantaged? Well, yeah, they were, you know, they were uh, in Orange County, California. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, Latinos were not the minority. And it was a rough life, um, even though they were born in New Mexico and United States citizens because they were Spanish speakers. Um, for example, my, my folks had the immigration called on them a few times. Oh but as for me, um, you know, I, I felt that, that pain, um, and, I, and I, I felt that it affected how we were as a family. And what it did is it gave us pride in who we were, um, and, but it also made me aware of the struggle that my parents had. Um, for me... Uh, being somebody that was born blind, um, I felt like people responded to me as a Latina, but but more as a blind person. And so, when I went, when I came to the San Francisco Bay Area to learn mobility training at a state school, uh, it was a state training center actually for blind folks. 
um, it happened to be during the time that the sit-in occurred in 1970, in April of 1977. And I attended the um, demonstrations, which were demanding that the uh, regulations for the Rehabilitation Act 504 be implemented. And I, for the first time, really felt like um, I've never seen anything like disability pride, so I was kind of shocked by it because I always saw it as a part of me, but, um, you know, never anything. I never thought that I would become a disability rights activist slash advocate. And when I went to those... um, demonstrations, I just saw so many people with different types of disabilities, um, um, and it was, a, it was a, at that time, the, um, the sit-in where disabled people took over the federal building in San Francisco um, was being supported by trade unions and churches and uh, the gay and lesbian movement and the Black Panther Party, and I just saw this conglomeration of people, and I thought, you know, I, I really belong here. Um, so that was sort of the gate for me to my my um, civil and human rights work with people with disabilities. Um, I I was just very impressed at how disability. I was I was 18 years old, so I was very um, taken at you know how disability crosses every class line, racial, ethnic, gender. And, 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 and what a natural part of the human condition it is and how powerful we could all be um, by uniting. I was never a joiner. I never joined groups for the blind. Um, so when I, when I was a part of these actions and these demonstrations, I just felt like, wow, you know, there was something for me in, that mo- in this movement. Oh, wow, that is a great story. But see, the difference is, Kathy, you did something about it. You did something about it, and that's, of course, why you have moved on, you know, to become such a great leader and champion that you have. And I'll tell you, we did receive uh, email questions from, you know, many of our listeners. One of the questions that came in actually uh, was from someone who was a guest on one of our shows because... I know he has headed up all these national youth uh, groups in the United States for for people with disabilities, Um, and that person is Peter Squire, who Mm -hmm. said um, that he would have this question. Uh, Kathy, what challenges do you see, if any, that are different for young people with disabilities in developing countries, and what challenges are similar? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think our biggest challenge throughout the world is people's attitude towards us um, and people's fears, people's misconceptions, people's stereotypes, the myths that are pervasive about disability, even even in developed countries. Um, um, and I think those are our biggest challenges. As we know, people with disabilities know that once you get to know folks, um, People ask their questions, especially children, uh, and they they move on. And the disability becomes, a, you know, a part of who you are, but not the focal point of who you are. And so, I think our challenges around the world for young people is to gain the confidence of of older folks 
that, that we can be or that, that young people can be, I'm not so young anymore, contributing and productive members of society. But it's really about changing the perception of disability throughout the world in both developing and developed countries. Yes, you know what? I'm glad to get you know these questions from young people. I know my close friend and someone I just admire so much is Yoshiko Dart. I could just not speak highly enough of her. And I know that she fosters, you know, wanting young people with disabilities to become leaders. And I'm I'm glad that we're trying to work on that because sometimes, uh, Kathy, a question that comes into our show a lot is who are the new leaders? Well, I certainly want to echo your sentiments about uh, Yoshiko and her late husband, Justin Dart, they have been very pro, or uh, Justin when he was with us, mm-hmm. um, and currently Yoshiko are very proactive in giving leaders um, the opportunity to grow. And I think it is our responsibility as aging baby boomer disabled leaders to, you know, to move out of the way. I certainly um, love my job as the executive director of WID, but I also see the value in not staying in one place forever. Um, I think for those of us who are older, we need to move into other positions uh, board on boards of directors of, of corporations and foundations and organizations, um, you know, that are uh, involved in social responsibility. But we really have to, to you know, to, to move um, forward to give other people a chance. And with regard to to leaders, I think there's a number of people, including Peter Squire, um, including Megan O'Neill at the World Institute on Disability, who's a champion of, of building a- assets for people with disabilities to get off benefits. Um, I think, um, you know, there's the folks um, from the University of Tennessee, Alan Muir, uh, who really focus on, on employment of students with disabilities. Uh, there's a there's a, there's a lot of up 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 uh, up and coming leaders and current leaders that are young. Rebecca Hare. I could go on and on and on. Well, you know, I think the fear is that if you go out into the community and you talk about who the leaders are in the disability movement, you know, of course they'll tell you Andy and Parado and Kathy Martinez and John Lancaster and Judy Human, Tony Quello, and they'll start going through the list. But it's the same people. Do, do right. you know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean. I, I, I think we all would agree with that. And I think what we need to do with our young people is encourage them to, you know, have the fire. See, you've got to have the fire because guess what? We're nowhere there yet. You know, it's not like, oh, everything is fine now. We can just step aside and now you just move in and you just do, you know, some nice social things. We're not there yet. So you have to have that same fire. I think that their fight is different than our fight. I mean, our fight was literally for the, you know, for the face of society to change as, as well as people's attitudes. But, you know, we, we got the ADA passed. We got uh, um, 504 passed. And, you know, now some people are looking at a convention, United Nations Convention for the Rights of People with Disabilities. But people who are younger are, have a different battle. They're used to having ramps. They're used to having uh, Braille on elevators. I think at this point, you know, the, the fight is going to be about accessible telecommunications, about 
um, you know, they're still going to have the fight to get people, disabled people, in into jobs. But now that technology is a big part of our lives, you know, assistive technology, accessible telecommunications, uh, areas like that are going to be in the forefront of their struggle. Yes, I agree with you. You know, because like if, yes, I agree with you because if you grow up with ranch, TTY, everything. You think all as well, but it's not. That attitudinal barrier is still there, and how we know that is with the recent Gallup survey, or the, I'm sorry, the recent survey from Cornell that Dick Thornburg referred to when he spoke at the New York Law School on how we're going backwards in the area of employment for people with disabilities. From now to back to 2001. Well, yeah, it has a lot to do with the labor market. It has, you know, there's a lot of, I think, economic causes, but our biggest barrier still remains attitudinal. That is right. And it's very hard to fight an invisible barrier. Yes, it is. And we're going to talk to Kathy more about that as soon as we come back from break. Don't miss it. You're hearing a real champion, Kathy Martinez. This is Joyce Bender, the voice of Voice America. We'll be right back. The authority in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Invoke thought, feeling, and inspiration into your life right here on voiceamerica.com. This week on Slice of Sci-Fi with Michael and Evo, Lake Bell from Surface joins us to tell us about the show, and TD-0013, our resident stormtrooper, joins us in studio to help us talk about the sci-fi that's happened this week. That's this week 
on Slice of Sci-Fi with Michael and Evo. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. We're talking to a real champion, uh, Kathy Martinez, who is the Executive Director of the WID, the World Institute on Disability, and just has dedicated her life to quality of life for people with disabilities. And, Kathy, let me say uh, on the air here a special congratulations to you on this recent appointment as the executive director of WID. I'm sure that that was a wonderful thing for you to be appointed to this. Oh, I, I was thrilled, and it's an honor for me to serve as the ED of WID. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I feel like I, I always tell people the staff of WID are mavericks, um, they're they're brilliant. They're you know they're just out of the box thinkers. I always tell them they're not easy, but they're absolutely worth it. Yeah. Well, thank goodness we have all of you yep. out there doing that. For our listeners not familiar with WID, could you would you mind telling them a little bit about WID and the mission so they sure. understand it? WID is um, an organization that is based in Oakland, California. It was begun by Judy Human who currently works for the World Bank, and Ed Roberts, who has since passed, and Joan Leon. Um, the mission is, of WID is to promote societal inclusion of people with disabilities throughout the world, um, really by offering, uh, or by, through policy, through training, through public education, and through research. So we have, um, WID has always had a mixed bag of projects because we're trying to do as, as much as possible. Um, we have an international division, where we work to empower other disabled people throughout the world to teach them how to begin and manage organizations, how to work with their governments. Um, we really facilitate that process. We end up learning more, I think, from them than they do from us. We have um, a, a, a project right now called Proyecto Vision, which is dedicated to increasing employment opportunities for Latinos with disabilities, and we can talk about that a little later about the fact that, you know, people from different cultures um, in this country really are not connected to the service delivery system, which has been mostly utilized um, by, you know, by white folks. We have a project called Access to Assets, where we're looking at how asset development accounts can assist people to um, either buy a home or buy or start a small business or go to school and potentially get off benefits. Uh, we have a, a research project currently on violence um, and people with disabilities. And let's see, I think I've covered the, the main areas. Um, WID, WID is very involved also in the, in, in the telecommunications discussion uh, about really pushing for uh, legislation which will allow for accessible telecommunications so that people can use the emerging cellular technology and just technology in general. Um, and we do a lot of public education with corporations and, uh, and other agencies about 
disability. And I think that gives you kind of a, a thumbnail sketch of what WID does. And, and WID, what is the website? Uh, the website is www.wid.org. All right, for all of you, one more time, www.wid.org. Go to that site. And you know, one question that a listener emailed us, Kathy, was could you describe for us what is the difference basically between what you're doing at WID and what Judy Human is doing at the World Bank? Well, I want to say that Judy Human's um, stage is, is probably is a lot larger than ours, given that she is um, currently the disability advisor to the World Bank. And Judy has, um, actually there was just a wonderful interview with her um, recently. She is really helping an institution, a global institution, who lends money to different countries, operationalize disability and get disability um, into kind of the, you know, the the... Uh, well, the whole the whole bank as a part. She, she's getting them to view disability, you know, as an issue um, that's significant to the work of the bank, not a special issue, not an issue that's only going to be dealt with for you know two or three months or years, but an issue that is really significant when the bank conducts development and outreach programs. I mean, the, the, you know, the goal of the bank is to reduce poverty. And, and you know, millions of people with disabilities are, are poor in both developed and developing countries. And you know what? I mean, I just think absolutely the world of Judy Human. We've been friends a long time. She did speak here in Pittsburgh uh, in February at the Dick Thornburg Lecture Series, and we were... Really excited to have Judy at the University of Pittsburgh Law School. Of course, that lecture series was started as a result of Dick and Jenny Thornburg receiving the Betts Award, and they donated the money to start this lecture series. Um, but, you know, when she spoke here, she talked so much about, you know, people with disabilities throughout the world and how important it is to recognize, you know, that we're all one, you know, and work together. So, uh, she is truly a special person, no doubt about that. Well, her work at the bank has been um, has been landmark work because she's really making inroads in develop or in in bringing to the to the table or putting the onto the agenda disability and how people with disabilities make up fifteen to twenty percent of the poor in developing countries, and this is disproportionate really, to their numbers. Um, of the 1.3 billion people considered extremely poor, um, which is basically living on less than a dollar a day, around 260 million, or 43% of, those, of that poor have, have disabilities. The main causes of disability in developing countries are rooted in poverty. For example, malnutrition causes about 20% of disability. So that's the kind of work that Judy's doing. And WID supports her work. We, we, we work with people with disabilities in, in different ways. We mostly work with individual organizations, and Judy works with governments, you know, to bring disability to the, to the table, the issue of disability to the table, and um, 
helping governments understand that there's tremendous value in, in, in including disability in the anti-poverty programs and eventually in, um, in employment so that people with disability, disabilities can be productive members of their societies. Yes, I agree. And, you know, Kathy, I was interested. You mentioned you also work in the area of violence for people with disabilities at at WID. And, you know, I'm on the board of Victims of Violence and Crime, and when I met with the executive director, they were putting together a brochure showing all these different older men, younger men, boys, girls, people of color, you know, meaning we're all victims. And I said, where is the person with a disability? And they took it seriously, and they, you know, photographed someone in a wheelchair and put this up on uh, billboards everywhere because I was trying to explain to them that, you know, such a large number of people with disabilities um, are victims of violence, and I'm sure it's probably like that throughout the world. Well, I think there, there's two, it's a double-edged sword. We are victims of violence, but violence also creates disability. Mm-hmm. So... Many times when you're in a post-conflict situation, um, you know, what, what ends up uniting people is the fact that they have disabilities now. Um, and often the disability becomes more important, or the issue of disability becomes more important, you know, than whatever it was they might have been fighting over in the first place. Mm. Um, so violence, you know, violence um, it brings on disability, and also, like you said, people with disabilities are victims of violence. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's amazing. Unfortunately, in that case, it does go both ways. Hey, Kathy, you were talking about the world. How many people are there with disabilities in the world today? And according to you, I guess you believe that's a fairly significant percentage that are in poverty. Um. Well, I'm not exactly sure. I think it's the 600 million estimated people with disabilities in the world. Um, I don't have the stats directly in front of me. It's something I probably should know. Um, but, yes, um, as you have heard and has been said many times, um, you know, disability is a both, both a cause and a result of poverty. Yes. Yeah, I know. I've heard... Uh... I've heard so many people when they speak say these words are becoming synonymous and we don't want that to happen. Now, the World Institute uh, on Disability, or WID, what are you doing to help people with disabilities in Africa and or Latin America? Are you working in either of those areas? Um, In Africa, I happened to um, have traveled to Ethiopia last year Mm -hmm. where um, a colleague and I developed uh, was for the International Labor Organization, we worked on a media campaign to increase the visibility of a project that they're doing there where they're uh, providing microloans to women with disabilities. Um, actually, Ethiopia is just one of the countries. Uh, there's a lot happening in Africa. You know, this is we're in the middle of the African decade for people with disabilities, and with um does collaborate. We don't currently have any paid projects there, but we do collaborate very significantly with um, the folks from um, South Africa who are organizing uh, the African Decade. And one of the things that we are doing 
is we're really promoting the concept of um, including the media in our in our struggle for equality all over the world. Um, for example, go ahead, you can finish. Example in 2002, WID sponsored the first film festival in Moscow, and we can talk about that after the break. Oh, that is really neat. Okay, well, we will. As soon as we come back, we'll talk to Kathy about that. Uh, we are talking to the great champion, Kathy Martinez, executive director of WID, and you're listening to Joyce Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. If you just tuned in, we have as our guest today Kathy Martinez, Executive Director of WID, the World Institute on Disability, and really a well-known civil rights leader and advocate for all people with disabilities. And when we went to break, Kathy, you were just starting to tell us about a project you're doing with the media and and about the filming in Moscow. 
Well, what I mentioned is um, one of the things that that we at WID feel is very important is to engage the media in the work of changing attitudes of people with disabilities. We cannot do it one by one. And one of the, um, you know, the uh, uh, civil rights movement for people of color has really been a role model about how media can really impact people's perceptions of us, whether we're people of color, whether we're women, whether we're people with disabilities. Um, and so we have really focused on increasing the quality of media um, that that disabled people produce, because now it's very cheap for people with disabilities to produce their own videos. Um, we collaborate with an organization called the Corporation on Disability and Telecommunications, and each year they do a film festival called Superfest. And I remember in the old days, you know, the films were of very poor quality, and they were films that really um, talked either about people with disabilities or it was really... It was. There were films who featured an expert like a doctor who talked about people with disabilities, but you never really got the first-person voice of people with disabilities. And so Superfest, in my opinion, um, has really raised the bar in terms of types of films that are being made about people with disabilities. And in that spirit, WID um, and its collaborator, Perspectiva in Moscow, <clears throat> decided in 2002 to do to have the first disability film festival in Moscow. And we had entries from about 25 countries, and it was just a phenomenal experience because we really did get media people. Not only did we show films, but we trained, um, well, we didn't, we worked with press to improve or to change, to um, more accurately cover people with disabilities so that the stories were not either about somebody who was pathetic or somebody who might be a superhero. Um, and so Russia has taken the concept of the film festival and um, is actually contemplating and planning on doing another one. And a lot of the films have been taken to the different regions of, of Russia and the, and the former Soviet Union um, to show people, um, you know, a different view of disability. And so in Africa, for the African decade, one of the things that's being planned is a, is a disability film festival. So it's very exciting. It's very exciting that, that you know, that media, um, that, that the bar is being raised with regard to how disability is being portrayed. And we all know the old films. There's no reason for us to go back, but really to go forward and just see, you know, the new uh, quality of films, the, the new concepts, the new portrayals of people with disabilities. Well, that is fantastic. You know, that I am so glad you're doing that because I do feel the media does not portray people with disabilities accurately. And, you know, the media has such an impact on, again, that invisible warrior you spoke about earlier, attitude. So I'm really glad to hear that WIT is doing that. that is, that's tremendous. And, Kathy, we had uh, another email question from Falls Church of Virginia. Ms. Martinez, as someone who has organized several international advocacy efforts for people with disabilities throughout your career, what advice would you give to our population of emerging leaders with disabilities who would like to become involved and make an impact on an international scale? How would you suggest they get started? Oh, my gosh. Well, one thing would be to, I guess, to, I would advise people to, to 
be a part of um, international efforts. For example, Mobility International USA has a wonderful program for youth with disabilities um, where they, they take folks abroad. You know, many of us as Americans really don't get the opportunity to go abroad and learn about different cultures. As a child, I was always fascinated with different cultures and different languages and different, we were talking during the break about accents and how people thought things or why people thought different things and, you know, really what made people tick. You know, where do our myths, our stereotypes, our beliefs come from? And so um, places like Mobility International or, uh, you know, things, I would say get involved with um, the American Field Service, try to, in, try to, be a part of exchange programs, whether they're specifically for people with disabilities or not. Um, as, a, as a young person, I went through the Lions Club to Japan. Um, they sponsored me in a youth exchange program, and I happened to be the only person with a disability. And it was hard, but it also helped change the minds of a lot of young kids because they never had seen anybody with a disability or had to interact with anybody. Um, and I'm still in touch with a lot of those people. So my advice would be, be get involved in exchange programs, take international studies at school, become become somebody that the State Department wants to hire, um, you know, become somebody that, for example, there's a disabled woman, um, now a friend of mine who's, who's currently working for Mercy Corps, which is a big relief agency. You know, she's going she's gonna to make a difference because she's going to change a lot of minds. People's mere interaction with her will have an impact on their view of disability. I'm, I'm also saying, yes, get involved in the disability community. But, you know, sometimes we have to, we have to um, get work out of the disability community. And, and people who work outside the disability community and corporations and foundations and, you know, and international agencies make a huge impact on people's perception of disability because they're just regular guys or women doing the job. Isn't that the truth? Regular people, not Superman and Superwoman. And uh, one more, Kathy, because then I really uh, have to get through these questions that I have myself for you, but I do like to include the questions from our listening audience. Absolutely. Um, and this is from a person who themselves is a person who is blind. And he says, uh, Dear Kathy, people are still amazed that blind people can travel independently. Um, I know from reading about you and your website, you have traveled throughout the world. Um, my question for you is, who are your heroes both with and without disabilities? You know, everyone thinks that everyone blind has to be Ray Charles or Stevie Wonder, and we know that's not the way it is. But I'm curious to know who your heroes are. Oh gosh, I have so many heroes. Uh, my mother, mm -hmm. <laughs> for one. I both my parents really. Both my parents were incredibly uh, well. They were incredibly strong, you know, in their own struggle for equality and for survival. And um, for those of you who don't know me, which is most of the audience, I also have a blind sister, and so um, you know, it was rough. I think on on our family to have two uh, family members who are blind. And I also want to say I think um, that, you know, we have to acknowledge 
the impact of disability in a family on siblings as well. Um, in terms of heroes, oh my gosh, I mean, there's been so many strong, powerful people in my life. Judy Human or Ed Roberts, I had the good fortune um, to have both of them as my bosses at one point or another. Um, you know, but people in the, I think, people like Gloria Steinem, people like Barbara Jordan, um, you know, even people like, oh, Lance Armstrong, I think is amazing. And I do like Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles. Um, one thing about going to the, not going to a school for the blind, I always say I regret never having learned how to play the piano. Um, so I may have had a career. But, you know, I, I think uh, there's, there's just so many heroes. I see them everywhere. Um, you know, Cesar Chavez and, um, I mean, even, you know, Bush 41, President Bush 41, who had, uh, you know, the, the, the incredible passion and, um, you know, sense to sign the ADA. I mean, you know, I think that was an amazing uh, statement on his part. So I have a number of heroes. And you mentioned two others, Yoshiko and Justin. Oh, well, they are just way up there. Yeah, they're yeah, I mean, way up there. They aren't. They're just always well taken you know, for granted heroes to all of us. But you, you know, remember when you talking about Justin? Remember you said he let encouraged everyone to be leaders. He did. If you would try to give this man credit, and Yoshiko is still this way today, they don't want credit. It's it's amazing. You know, Justin was so pervasive in forming my attitude about myself. Um, you know, as was Ed Roberts and Judy Human, and you know, people in the Latino community. Um, but he really, really just said, "Be all of who you are. Don't just be a blind person, but you know, be the." activist for people of color, um, you know, don't lose your Spanish. He was mm-hmm. so, he was so um, passionate about me really trying to strengthen all the parts of me that really add up to me. Yes, and, and that is him and that is how Yoshiko is. Yes, he I sure agree is. With you. Yep. Um, you mentioned Access to Assets Project. Kathy, do you want to just for one minute tell our listeners a little bit more about that? Yes, and I will frankly say that I am not an expert in this area. Um, one of our young leaders, Megan O'Neill, who just won the um, AAPD Paul Hearn Leadership and Award. And I was there. Yes, and you congratulations were. Congratulations to her. She deserves it. She did. Um, and she is a passionate advocate um, for access to assets for people with disabilities. And the access to assets movement kind of began, well, it did begin, um, after welfare reform, because a lot of people thought, well, you know, people who are getting off welfare in the mid-90s really don't have uh, any experience with, with financial literacy, meaning how to manage their money, with how to save, with how to, um, you know, kind of uh, knit together, if you will, or quilt together um, a fabric to help themselves get out of poverty. And... This movement was going on, and in the, in the late 90s, um, myself and folks at WID saw, uh, were invited to a meeting, and we said, wow, this is completely applicable to people with disabilities, because especially those of us who were, born, who were born disabled. Nobody ever taught us how to manage money. Nobody ever taught us about savings, because they didn't assume we'd have money to save. So really, 
access to assets is another way to get people to save for a home, business, or an education. And hopefully, it's about savings. It is about savings and And learning, learning financial literacy. That is so true. What you said, because no one thought they'll be working. So who cares? Absolutely. All right, listen. We're going to be right back to finish up the show with Kathy Martinez, who is helping all people with disabilities move forward in their life. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race dog. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back, and we have been talking this hour to Kathy Martinez, Executive Director of WID, the World Institute on Disability. Um, and let me tell you, I already told her, she is so dynamic and just works in so many areas that know we'll be having her back on and we'll be sending a press release out everywhere when we have Kathy on again. Uh, but I do want to let her talk for a moment about, with my Pittsburgh accent now, about... <laughs> 
Proyecto Vision. Very good, Joyce. Okay. And thank you for giving me the opportunity. Proyecto Vision is um, the first technical assistance center to increase employment opportunities for Latinos with disabilities. Um, it is funded by the Department of Education's Rehabilitative Services Administration. And really, the purpose of the project has been just that, to, um, you know, to help folks get connected to employment. And people say, well, why do you need a separate project? Well, at this point, we do. Hopefully, we will work ourselves out of a job, and we will not need one. But as many of us know, the Latino population is the fastest-growing population in the United States. This is a national project. Um, and people who are either recent immigrants or first generation, um, no matter what culture they're from, normally do not get connected with the service delivery system for people with disabilities. And it has to do with a, with a number of, of things, um, including the fact that people with, with or Latinos um, who are recent immigrants are not used to a, a system Social, a system with a social safety net. So they don't know about things like SSI. Um, um, you know, even if, if their children may be born into this country or born in, in this country as citizens, um, often parents are unaware that these benefits exist. Um, the other issue, I think, that um, is that, you know, things that are provided uh, for people with disabilities um, are not in Spanish, although recently I think we see more and more because people are realizing that the Latino population is huge. Um, and, and there's, there's a, a couple of other issues, I think, that are very important, and that is the, dis, the rate of disability, the incidence of disability is higher in the Latino community for a number of reasons. One, violence. Um, I, I would say poverty is really the main reason, and under that would be violence, um, low paying jobs which don't provide health care, uh, and also very significant, a very significant number of Latinos with disabilities work in, in high-injury um, types of employment like construction, manufacturing, service work. So let's say somebody has a, a fall in, in, you know, on a construction site and doesn't have any kind of workers' comp. What happens very often is they will obviously go to the emergency room <clears throat> and, you know, get fixed up. Even if they do go to rehabilitation, somehow they're not channeled back into the independent living or, so, or, or disability service delivery system. So very often, um, um, and this is true for other minority communities as well, they will go into their houses, or they'll move back in with their families in inaccessible housing and um, really not, you know, have access to other people with disabilities. So there's, you know, the, the issue of isolation, and they will not really have access to, you know, possibilities and choice and even the concept of independence, you know. So Proyecto Vision has really, um, through the, the Hispanic media or the Spanish media and through the, the number of, Span of Hispanic organizations and the disability organizations, really tried to get the word out you know that um, that there are there are possibilities for for Latinos with disabilities to become employed. Now, Proyecto Vision. After you, after they go there, there are they trained in one area or what? We are really the conduit. I mean, a, we have another a number of other um, 
purposes. One is to be the conduit to, for disabled people to in, in training or employment. The other is to really work with the Latino organizations and say, hey, look, you know, Latinos or Hispanics with disabilities are part of, of, of our culture. You know, a lot of times the Latino organizations will say, well, that's really not what we don't do. His, we don't do disabled people. Um, so we're saying, look, um, disability is a natural part of the human condition. We would like to, you know, become um, part of your agenda. Um, and so really convincing our own people, you know, to, to really work with us as allies has taken us a, a while. Um, and the other part of, the, of our job is to, <clears throat> to really reach out to the Hispanic business community because it's a very fast-growing community as well. And, you know, to say that, that folks with disabilities can be valuable employees. So, you know, we're really, a, um, we're really building bridges here between communities and also to reach out to the disability community and say, look, um, you know, we need to develop leadership um, in the people of color community. We need to have our services accessible um, in a way that, you know, that will allow people to utilize them. You know, if that means that... Um, you know, people can bring their families in when they come in to a, for an interview at an independent living center, then that's what it means. Even looking at the concept of independent living, you know, in, in, for people in different cultures, I think um, is, is something that as disability leaders we have to do. Because for some, in some cultures, moving out of your house when you're 18 and, you know, getting on benefits or getting a job is not what we do. You know, many of us live with our families. Um, so I think, you know, the, the whole issue of these emerging populations um, in the U.S. is, is really a, forcing us to, to look at independent living, the concept of independent living, and see it through a number of different lenses, as is the, the worldwide community is looking at the concept of independent living. And some people don't even like the name independent living. Some people call it self-determined self-determination or interdependent living. So, you know, it's an opportunity for us to constantly be redefining ourselves as a movement. You know what, and Kathy, I say this, you know, if there's anything that Bender Consulting Services can do to employ any of those people, we're here. Well, I appreciate your... We're here for... And we'll hold you to that. Because, um, ironically, last year, over 45% of my employees were minorities. Oh. And, you know, people do not realize what a large number of people with significant disabilities who are minorities are out there ready to work but unemployed. So, you know, you keep that in mind. But I, I wanted to ask you a question, which is you've had, like, 20 billion accomplishments in your life um, and appointments from, you know, like this appointment, so many things. I wanted to ask you, what are you the proudest of? Well, I, it's hard to say, but I think the proud, when I think I feel the proudest, um, when I can mentor somebody or, you know, help change an attitude or, um, you know, when I, when people consider me valuable to them, whether it's, you know, the WID staff, whether it's really touching somebody during a keynote speech, um, and, and or whether it's changing somebody's attitude to encourage them to hire people with disabilities, whether it's um, working with kids. I really love working, talking to children, and I think as disability leaders um, we have failed in 
dealing with kids. We need to have more opportunities to welcome young people and children into the disability rights movement. All right. Well, Kathy, what, and let me say this before I ask you to leave a message with our listeners. I can tell you we're all proud of you. Thank you, we Joyce. All, we all need you. Kathy, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, I would like to say that we are all part of one world, and the network that we develop is, is what's going to buoy us forward. Isn't that the truth? Now, words spoken by a great champion, Kathy Martinez, Executive Director of WID. And at the end of every show, we always end with a quote from a famous civil rights leader or champion. And today, I got the quote on a break from Ms. Kathy Martinez, who said, You are fighting when it comes to the area of employment for people with disabilities, an invisible warrior. And the name of that warrior is Attitude, said Kathy Martinez. It has been a pleasure to have you on the show. And you know if you get in touch with me at Voice America or Disability Matters or directly at the WID, you can reach Kathy Martinez. Good luck, Kathy. Thank you, Joyce. All right, and we'll see all of you next week. Keep fighting for freedom. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.